What's up, world? I'm Cameron McCain. This is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about actor Guy Pierce in the movie Seabird, starring Kristen Stewart. But first, let's talk about actor Guy Pierce, who I believe is one of the best actors working today that doesn't get a lot of the attention that he deserves. He's not a big movie star, but when he is in a movie, he gives phenomenal performance after phenomenal performance in some big time movies and some smaller independent flicks. Guy Pierce's first breakout role to me is definitely LA Confidential. Who does not enjoy this movie? Kim Basinger won an Oscar for this movie. Kevin Spacey is in this movie back when we actually liked him. Danny DeVito's in this movie. But the two leads are played by Russell Crowe and Guy Pierce, two Australian actors. And Russell Crowe has clearly become the bigger name. But I think you could argue Guy Pierce has put in just as much good work on screen as Russell Crowe has. He just hasn't gotten that big name recognition like Crow. Russell has leaned more towards movie stardom and being the lead in every movie he's in, although now he's taking that turn to being a more of a supporting actor in movies like Man of Steel and Boy Erased. Well, Guy Pierce has gone the route of character actor. He is a guy who is a supporting actor in most of the movies that he's in, although occasionally he can be the lead of a movie. After L.A. Confidential, Guy Pierce is the lead of Christopher Nolan's first big breakout masterpiece, Memento, and Pierce delivers a powerful performance as this guy trying to uncover the mystery of his wife's death while suffering from severe memory loss. I think without Memento, you wouldn't have Nolan's other films like Inception or even The Dark Knight or even Dunkirk because no one has really played with time ever since Memento. There are elements of that film that are in every single one of Christopher Nolan's other films since. And I think you can even find commonality between the character that Guy Pierce plays in Memento and the one that Leonardo DiCaprio plays in Inception. There's kind of a weird similarity between the two. They've both lost their wives and and they can't get over it. Then Guy Pierce stars in The Proposition, one of the best westerns I've ever seen. This is directed by John Hilko. And this film, Guy Pierce is not even in this film all that much, but he makes his presence known. This is a wild, crazy, fun performance from Guy Pierce. I mean, he just fully commits to his character in that movie, and you can forget that that's Guy Pierce. That's why I feel like he's not that big of a household name, because you he's getting lost in these characters, and you're not like, ooh, I want to see this movie because Guy Pierce is in it, but you can watch a movie like The Proposition and go, wow, who was that guy? And then you find out it was Guy Pierce and you're like, wow, he's a really terrific actor. Pierce then takes two small roles in back-to-back Oscar winners, The Hurt Locker and The King's Speech. He is in like the first five minutes of The Hurt Locker. And I was like, wow, why is Guy Pierce even in this movie? But he clearly wants to work on these kind of projects with these big-time directors like Catherine Bigelow. He has a much bigger role in The King's Speech, but that's Colin Firth's movie. I get the sense that Guy Pierce could definitely be the lead of movies that probably aren't really that good, but he would rather be in interesting movies like The Hurt Locker, even if it's only in the first five minutes, or The King's Speech, than to be the lead character in a really bad movie. He also co-starred in the David Michaud movie Animal Kingdom, which is like an Australian crime film that also starred Ben Mendelsohn, Joel Edgerton, 
And Guy Pierce has also made that jump to being in big blockbusters. He's in Prometheus, directed by Ridley Scott, alongside Michael Fassbender. And then he's the villain of Iron Man 3. So he can be a small role in these like smaller Oscar-nominated films that win Best Picture. And he can also be a supporting actor in these big blockbuster box office smashes. I just feel like he's had a complete career. The body of work is more impressive than just one great performance. I like actors who it's hard to choose which film is their very best. Guy Pierce has been in so many good movies. One of my favorites is when he played the over-the-top villain in the movie Lawless. I mean, Guy Pierce goes toe-to-toe with Tom Hardy, Jason Clark, Shia LaBeouf, Jessica Chastain. I mean, he is just bringing it in this movie. This is an all-time, he-went-for-it type of performance. It's so over-the-top, yet so enjoyable to watch. It's one of the best things about that film. Pierce has also proven he can give a performance without a lot of dialogue. I mean, just watch the movie The Rover with him and Robert Pattinson. It's just these two guys and there's not a lot of dialogue between them but you're like this movie is just compelling because of how good these two performances are by both of them i also really like guy pierce and mary queen of scots where saoirse ronan played mary queen of scots and margot robbie played queen elizabeth and guy pierce plays like the royal advisor to margot robbie's character their scenes together are so so good He's kind of the villain of the movie, like he has his sinister intentions for the queen. Pierce has become so good at kind of playing these tormented characters, like in these films, Memento, The Rover, like his characters are consumed by something, they've gone through something terrible. I don't think you cast Guy Pierce in a movie if you want him to play the normal dude. Also, just look at the directors that Guy Pierce has agreed to work with, and it's no surprise he's been in so many good movies. Christopher Nolan, John Hillcoat twice, Catherine Bigelow, Tom Hooper, who before Cats we thought was a really good director, David Michaud twice, Ridley Scott. Those are powerhouse directors who all have a clear vision. And they've all kind of used Guy Pierce perfectly. They've all kind of let him go for it in his performances. I mean, John Hillcoat, again, has really gotten some good performances out of Guy Pierce. David Michaud twice has gotten terrific performances from Guy Pierce. And Christopher Nolan was really the first one to show what kind of a movie star Guy Pierce could be. Not a recognizable name, but a really great, terrific character actor. Australia has given us recently some great movie stars. Russell Crowe, Hugh Jackman, but the most versatile of them all might just be Guy Pierce. He's made every kind of a movie, sci-fi, western, comic book, big time dramas. There isn't a type of film where you would go, wow, Guy Pierce really doesn't work here. I've become a huge Guy Pierce fan and secretly think he's one of the best actors that doesn't get the attention he deserves. And here are the films you need to check out where Guy Pierce gives great performance after great performance. You have L.A. Confidential, Memento, The Proposition, The Hurt Locker, The King's Speech, Animal Kingdom, Prometheus, Lawless, Iron Man Free, The Rover, and Mary Queen of Scots. All these films will tell you what I already know. Guy Pierce is simply one of the best actors working today. Let's switch gears and talk about the movie Seaberg starring Kristen Stewart. Here's a quick synopsis. French New Wave actress Jean Seaberg is the target of an FBI investigation due to her support of the civil rights movement and and because she donated money to the Black Panthers and other organizations they deem as a threat to the country. 
This is a movie I had waited a long time to see. I had get, been getting mixed messages online on whether or not it was good or not. But again, I was so excited. I am such a big fan of Kristen Stewart. I did a podcast on her, so check that out if you haven't listened to that. And so again, I was super excited to see this movie. But I had this fear it was bad, and I was delightfully surprised to learn that it wasn't. I really enjoyed this film. Kristen Stewart gives one of the best performances of her career. And I find it interesting that the same person who can play Joan Jett in a movie could do such a good job at playing Gene Seberg. Like, I think that's a real talent there, that she has played two real-life people and carried both of those movies. Again, because people have boxed her in as the Twilight Girl, they're not giving her credit for her versatility and what she's done after that. Like, she's done so many films that are not like the other. She's had an interesting year. She starred in the Charlie's Angels reboot that wasn't that big of a financial success. She starred in the movie Underwater that's received mixed reviews, but some people really enjoy that. I definitely want to check out Underwater. I just find Kristen Stewart is at this interesting time in her career. It feels like her and Robert Pattinson for the longest time have been making independent films after being in the Twilight movie, and now they're both trying to make that jump to blockbusters again. I mean, Pattinson's going to be in Tenet. He's going to be in Batman. Stewart was the independent queen by all people's measurements, and she's attempted to be in Charlie's Angels and Underwater. It's this idea that if both of them want to continue to be in interesting films, they've got to be in some movies that are some financial hits. And for that, it was kind of a tough year for Stewart that way, as both of those films, Underwater and Charlie's Angels, flopped financially. It'll be interesting to see if she reverts back to being in independent films and these interesting characters, or she joins a big-time franchise. By my estimation, Stewart and Pattinson have both become pretty good to great actors, but they do not get the recognition they deserve because the mass public has not quite yet realized how good they've become since the Twilight years. And giving great performances in a box office hit will probably cure them of that issue. And then the public would finally realize what they've been missing out on, I guess is the point. It's like George Clooney's idea of one for them, one for me. One big studio movie equals like what to them? Three independent films, possibly? Stewart's next film down the line feels like a hit. It's called Happiest Season. It's about a gay couple. It stars Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Allison Brie, and Aubrey Plaza. That's a powerhouse group of actresses. I cannot wait to see this film. If this film is not a hit, I would be shocked. There's not much more I can say about Stewart as an actress, just to say that her performance in Seaberg is phenomenal. She carries the film. Also in Seaberg is Vince Vaughn, who has made the jump from comedy superstar back to a supporting actor. I mean, when Vince Vaughn first hit big, he was kind of a supporting actor in movies like Swingers. He was in Jurassic Park 2. Then he became the lead in hit comedies like Old School, Dodgeball, Wedding Crashers. I mean, I feel like most people don't realize Vince Vaughn was doing dramatic work before now. He was in the 1998 remake of the movie Psycho. And this past decade, he has reverted back to being a quality supporting actor. He's really good in this film, Seaberg. He's really good in Hacksaw Ridge. He's really good in fighting with my family. Vince Vaughn is a better actor than most people give him credit for. He's not just that guy from Silly Comedies. Again, he's he was a really good supporting actor, and now he is again. Jack O'Connell is in Seaberg, and he is tremendous as a conflicted FBI agent spying on Seaberg. He's conflicted about it from the start, and by the end, the guilt really gets to him. His character is really 
the one who has the most growth in the film. At the beginning, he's just this guy who's starting this new job with the FBI, and by the end of it, he really wants nothing to do with it. I mean, he's he realizes at the end that he's not a bad person, but that he's done something terrible that he can't take back, even though that's what he wants to do. He, he never wanted to be responsible for ruining Gene Seberg's life, which is basically what he ended up doing. For a small, independent film, the cast for Seberg is amazing. You have Anthony Mackie, who's really good in the film, Zazie Beetz, and Margaret Qualley, who's basically the breakout star of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, Maggie's just been putting in great work since The Hurt Locker. And how about the underrated 2019 of Zazie Beats? She was in the movie High Flying Bird, Seaberg, Joker, and Lucy in the Sky. And she is great in all of those films. I would really like to see Zazie Beats as the lead of a movie. I think she's gotten to that place where she could definitely carry an entire movie. The director of Seaberg is Benedict Andrews, and he has made two films, Una and now Seaberg, with lead female characters that have gone through life-changing traumatic events. And both films have great performances from star actresses Rooney Mara and Kristen Stewart. I absolutely loved Una when I saw it. It's a powerful movie that stars Rooney Mara along with Ben Mendelsohn. And again, it has some of that same quality as Seaberg. While Una is fictional and the events of Seaberg actually ended up happening, there's like a weird connection between both of those films. Both films are kind of about these characters that go through these traumatic events that change them for the rest of their lives. These two women, Una and Seaberg, have gone through something that has changed them forever. There is no going back for either character. Again, one more time, I definitely recommend you check out Benedict Andrews' other film, Una. It is so good. A great performance from Rooney Mara, Ben Mendelsohn, and a terrific supporting performance from Riz Ahmed. I think the story of Gene Seberg is probably an example of why celebrities are hesitant to take a stance on anything that surrounds politics or any polarizing topic that most people don't agree on. It's like when Michael Jordan said Republicans buy sneakers too. He didn't want to take a stance on something that, again, would make it all about him. Gene Seberg took a stance for something and they made it all about her. That's why I feel like celebrities don't take those kind of stances because it kind of becomes all about them and not about the actual cause. I mean, this is the most extreme example ever though. I mean, Gene Seberg again was being valenced by the FBI on a 24-7 basis, but still the press were attacking her also which still sadly resonates today. You don't want to take a stance against something or celebrities don't want to take a stance against something because it'll be written about or they say something that most people don't agree on. It's the reason why Tom Brady isn't that interesting of a person. I feel like we as a society teach celebrities to be somewhere in the middle and to not take a strong stance about anything of importance. And Seberg did and again, society wasn't ready for for that and the FBI clearly wasn't ready for that. They made her an enemy in the public's eyes. There's a point in the movie where Zazie Beetz's character says that the revolution needs movie stars and I think it's this idea that famous people can be influential but at what cost to themselves and their work? Like yes it sounds like a great idea for a movie star or a celebrity to speak up or against some 
something, but is the reward worth the risk? At this point, I don't know if Gene Seberg would feel that way about what ended up happening to her. Again, I feel like this movie is the most extreme example of that, but I feel like we as a society and our celebrities are still dealing with these same kind of questions. Do we want or need our celebrities to be outspoken on politics or, again, any topic that most people don't agree on? Or do we want them to just entertain us? I mean, Seberg publicly wasn't even making that big of a stance. She was just privately donating money to organizations that she believed in, and they still went against her. When the public found out and when the FBI revealed it to everyone, they still turned their backs on her and her career. Seberg's life was turned upside down because she believed in a cause that majority of the time did not believe in, and it left her paranoid and alone, and on top of all that, it affected her work. Based on most people's reaction by this film, I feel like the main thing people have an issue with is that Kristen Stewart is not in this movie enough, or we did not learn enough things about Gene Seberg. I feel like most people need to make up their minds about biopics, because again, whenever we get a biopic that is like most biopics, people will write articles saying this is just like every other biopic. It begins in someone's start of life, and it ends with their death, and we find that boring. And then, the minute we get something that's different, we go against it. People didn't like Steve Jobs at first because it was broken up into free acts and we didn't get enough of Steve Jobs' actual life. People cannot make up their minds. Do they want a boring cradle-to-grave biopic that we're all used to and we all know how those play out? Or do we want interesting films that shows a glimpse or a moment into someone's life that most of us didn't know about? I had no idea who Gene Seberg was until I saw this movie. So guess what I'm rooting for? I'm rooting for the latter. I don't want a boring cradle-to-grave biopic. I like this new way that we're doing biopics. We're showing a moment or a glimpse into a powerful moment in someone's life. I like that this movie wasn't all about Gene Seberg. It was about celebrity. It was about the FBI and what that kind of organization was like back then. Not the best look for the FBI in this film, by the way. I didn't need scenes as Kristen Stewart as Gene Seberg becoming a breakout actress. Like, I got that. Like, I just didn't... I don't think that would have fit into this kind of a movie. This is like a political thriller about how the FBI kind of ruined this famous celebrity's life. I understand wanting Kristen Stewart to be in the movie more, but I don't understand why you would want a younger Gene Seberg in the film. Because, again, to me, that just would not have fit the film at all. For me personally, this film delivered on everything that I wanted it. I wanted a good Kristen Stewart performance. Got that. It was a great one. I got to learn about somebody I didn't really know a lot about. Gene Seberg is a fascinating human being who kind of turned into a tragic character at the end. This film definitely has me interested to look back at Gene Seberg as an actress. Like, I want to sit down and watch the film Breathless and to see what how good of an actress Gene Seberg was. I don't feel like this movie is for everyone, but it's a heck of a lot better than the 34% it got on Rotten Tomatoes. Because of that score, I came in with the expectation that this movie would be bad. It was not. I really enjoyed Seberg. And again, it delivered on all promises that I expected from this film. Kristen Stewart gave a phenomenal performance. And what more could you ask for than that? And I got to learn the true story of a one-of-a-kind human being that was way a 
ahead of her time. Definitely check out Seaberg. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week, I put the spotlight on actor Guy Pearce in the movie Seaberg. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on actress Rachel McAdams in the movie Uncut Gems starring Adam Sandler. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 